In August, Pope Francis took an exceptional measure. He asked Catholics to begin a period of prayer and penance for scandals of sexual abuse and cover-ups. In October, he once again asked Christines to pray in a special way, this time for an intention indirectly linked to the previous one. He asked to pray for unity. The scandals have reinforced discordant voices in the Church. Therefore, while faced with the risk of more divisions, the Pope has asked for a special petition. In October, a month traditionally dedicated to the Virgin, he requests Christines to pray the Rosary every day and asks Mary and St. Michael the Archangel to protect the Church from the devil because he always tries to separate us from God and come between us. The Pope already pre-announced his intention a few weeks ago when on September the 11th, in his morning Mass, he preached this homily. In questi tempi, che sembra che il grande accusatore si è sciolto e, e ce l'ha contro i vescovi. È vero, ci sono. Tutti siamo peccatori, i vescovi. Ma cerca di svelare i peccati che si vedano per scandalizzare il popolo. Preghiamo oggi per i nostri vescovi per me, per questi che sono qui davanti e per tutti i vescovi del mondo. During 2018 has been an intense period in Rome. Out of the 34 Chilean bishops who placed their office at the disposal of the Pope because of their poor management of cases of sexual abuse, Pope Francis has accepted the resignation of seven. Between June and August, the focus was on the United States. Pope Francis expelled the former Archbishop of Washington from the College of Cardinals and discovered the magnitude of the Pennsylvania report. In Ireland, he apologized for the abuses and cover-ups committed by members of the clergy, and on his way back from the trip, he encountered a string of criticisms published by the former nuncio in Washington, Carlo Maria Vigano. The ex-diplomat has made serious accusations against Pope Francis and other high officials of the Courier since the time of John Paul II. One of the truly amazing things to watch in the last year was the response from Pope Francis to Archbishop Vigano, who, it seems, was one of the very few things that would get Francis to acknowledge the supernatural in the faith. If Vigano said something about the Pope, we get talk from Francis about Satan and gossiping, talk of betrayal and Judas Iscariot, and other statements that sound Catholic on the surface, but really are a distortion of the faith used in a typically Peronist political way of attempting to discredit an enemy. But we know that Vigano really got under the skin of the Pope that he wasn't just a minor irritant that could be dismissed with a few harsh words in comparisons to Satan. No, it appears that this Pope expects all of those who work for him to be blindly loyal. That shouldn't be surprising, honestly, given that the most political pontificate in centuries has as its head a political chimera who received his political formation in one of the most political, corrupt environments in the Western world. Yet it is surprising coming from a Pope, or at least it should be. What am I talking about? The Pope delivered a homily to the nuncios late last week, demanding total loyalty to the Pope. Under normal circumstances, say in a mediocre pontificate that did not promote error and possible heresy, this wouldn't even be necessary. But we don't live in normal times, and we don't have a normal, mediocre pontiff who just avoids error. That's what makes this homily so troubling. Sadly, the homily has only been published thus far on the Vatican website in Italian, as far as I was able to find, and running it through Google Translate isn't exactly a good option for giving you, 
the faithful subscriber, a lengthy treatment of it. But I've got some highlights of it for you, with some analysis. There are some pretty amusing quotes in this homily, considering the gravity of the situation in the church. For example, it should go without saying that a nuncio shouldn't criticize a pope behind his back, right? At least under normal circumstances. Quoting the document, It is therefore irreconcilable to be a pontifical representative criticizing the pope behind his back, having blogs or even joining groups hostile to him, to the Curia and to the Church of Rome. Joining groups hostile to him. What, like the Society of St. Pius V? What, what hostile groups has Vigano or some of the other controversial nuncios joined? Does he mean Vigano giving interviews to hostile conservative and traditional American Catholic media outlets? But apparently the nuncio is supposed to be a man of the Pope, which would be a no-brainer again under normal circumstances. Quoting the homily in question, As a pontifical representative, the nuncio does not represent himself but the successor of Peter, and acts on his behalf of the church. The representative is a link, or better, a bridge of connection between the vicar of Christ and the people to whom he was sent, in a certain area, for which he was appointed and sent by the Roman pontiff himself. End quote. Okay. So, what about when that nuncio is sent to a country beset by a hierarchy, overrun by sexual deviants, who cover for the crimes of their brothers and subordinates, and try to report this problem to the new pope, only to find out that, in fact, the pope promoted virtually all of the worst deviants in the U.S. to positions of influence close to him, and lifted sanctions against the most notorious predator of them all. What then? Just ignore the warnings our Lord gave about those who harm children? Francis used the homily to accuse Vigano of slander and gossip without naming him. Quote again, The man of God does not deceive nor deceive his neighbor. He does not let himself go into gossip and slander. It preserves the pure-minded heart, preserving eyes and ears from the filth of the world. He does not let himself be deceived by worldly values, but he looks to the word of God to judge what is wise and good. The nuncio who forgets that he is a man of God ruins himself and others. He goes off the track and also damages the church, to which he has dedicated his life. End quote. That's an interesting observation, isn't it? Our complicity in the sins of others is something we will have to answer for. Having knowledge of a cover-up of abuses at the hands of Sodomitical Cabal in the Vatican certainly rises to the level of something a man of God should worry about, regardless of who on the material world he answers to. I kind of wish that Francis would have spent this much energy on the issue of cleansing the temple of the men who lie with men instead. His viciousness would have put him up there with St. Peter Damien. Anyway, to be clear, Vigano isn't the only nuncio to be critical of Francis. Several have been tied to financial impropriety, others who have had blogs and Twitter accounts where information critical of Francis was shared, and others have released statements. These were one and all old guard nuncios, men from John Paul II and Benedict XVI's pontificate, although I suspect those financial improprieties uh, uh, scandals may have been retaliatory against them. But these men all clearly saw through who Francis was early on. In fact, there has been no shortage of former Vatican insiders, who have spoken out against this pontificate, as well as prelates who have been banished for daring to suggest that the Church should continue to teach what she has always taught on issues of morality, theology, and especially on hard issues that the world stands in opposition to the Church on. I'm honestly not sure why it is only now, six years into the Francis pontificate, that we get these words, unless Archbishop Vigano's flurry of recent activity 
has finally gotten under Francis's skin, especially that Washington Post interview, which would be weird given that with each successive public statement, Vigano actually receives less coverage and less interest from the press and from the public. Clarity, the laity, and the public outside the church are waiting for the next scandal to hit the church. There is certain behavior we can and should expect from men serving a pope, any pope, under normal circumstances. Normally, a nuncio would be loyal to the pope when dealing with controversial issues. Now, I want you to imagine, just for a moment, that we had a pope who was undisputably Catholic. I know, that's hard to imagine. But let's think about it for a second. We'll call him Pope Clement XV. He's a pretty normal, even forgettable pope in the grand arc of history. But he does one important thing. He issues a proclamation removing all sexual deviance from the priesthood and episcopate, practicing or otherwise, and authorizes the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, a.k.a. the Inquisition, to investigate and remove these priests and bishops from ministries. Those who voluntarily come forward will be given some kind of severance package, but those who persist in hiding will be dealt with more harshly. What do you think the media reaction would be to that? The reaction of the world. Sadly, what do you think the reaction of typical Catholics would be? It wouldn't be good. What should we expect a nuncio to do under the circumstances of an otherwise mediocre run-of-the-mill pontiff who decides to take hard but courageous action to protect the flock in the face of near-global opposition? We'd expect him to stand with the Pope he serves. Under normal circumstances, diplomats should stand with the head of the state they serve, even under tough circumstances. That would be the normal thing to do. But here's the thing. Normal diplomats aren't really dealing with the salvation of souls. The Pope absolutely does deal with salvation, as do the nuncios who serve him. They are, after all, prelates of the Church. They are all priests in the Order of Melchizedek, first and foremost. The nature of the abuse crisis and the non-response from the Vatican to institutionalized sexual deviance in the hierarchy, who have been the driving force of the cover-up for decades, requires a stronger response than business as usual, and it's clear that Vigano and other whistleblowers have exhausted their patience on the issue of sexual predators in the hierarchy who obviously don't share our faith. Is Anuncio expected to remain silent in the face of this apostasy? Is he expected to go to his judgment and have to tell our Lord that loyalty to possibly the most corrupt pontiff in several centuries was more important than protecting the children, young adults, and seminarians from the enemy within? I recall some words from our Lord about millstones, and I recall something about being complicit in the sins of others if we do not act to stop those sins. And none of that mentions the absolute heterodoxy coming from this pontificate, including changes to the Lord's Prayer because, apparently, God doesn't lead us into temptation, even though sacred scripture clearly says there are times when that the otherwise is true, or the continued promotion of globalist politics at the expense of spreading the gospel. Honestly, I sometimes wonder why there haven't been more whistleblowing former nuncios or bishops coming out against the madness in Rome today. But here's the rub. There haven't been more courageous bishops because, sadly, most of our prelates lack courage and lack the true Roman Catholic religion. One really only needs to look to the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops meeting this past week, where the bishops decided that God and the Church had been wrong for thousands of years in permitting the death penalty and decided to openly support a heretical position on the death penalty. Only eight voted against it, and their names are not being released. There's your courage. Eight bishops out of the entire lot of American bishops. Expand that to the entire episcopate of the church, and you get a stark image of just how little courage there is in the leadership of the church today. 
Thank you for listening, and a special thank you to those who have supported my work. I plan to do another patron-only live stream on this Saturday, June 22nd, accessible only through Subscribestar and Patreon for those who have been supporting this channel. I hope to see you there. Please keep praying for the liberation and exaltation of the Church. I'm Anthony Stein. Viva Cristo Rey.